Welcome to If These Balls Could Talk with the trio more excited that they just can't hide it. That's right. We're all better than the Pointer Sisters. That's This is Mark along with John and Pete. And as a kind reminder, if you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button down below or as Pete likes to say, tickle the bell. Tonight, we welcome yes. back to the podcast, Sadie, Sadie Campanella. <laughs> Salutations, Sadie. Hi. Hello. I love alliteration. That's so great. much alliteration. So much alliteration. And I can do it because I haven't had that much scotch yet. By the way, John, so far. I'm not a sponsor. This is what I am drinking tonight. I believe. Didn't you get me this? Ooh. Um, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. I don't think so, actually. But that sounds good. That's yeah. It's uh, it's it's okay. <laughs> it it's not. That, it's not the it usual. Have that smell you'd like. It's not the usual kind of kind of scotchiness. I broke out another two X. Uh, so that's, I'm here. You can be. A sponsor I love. If you oh, want. That's, that's that's a my, classic. That's my favorite. That is my favorite double IPA. Yeah, it's very right. good. How's everyone been, John? So once you start, I've been working from home on Thursdays um, because Mel works again, and uh, it's been kind of great. I don't shower until the afternoon, and <laughs> I mean, because right when you work from home, you can shower whenever you want and uh, put on some Star Wars and do some work. It's pretty badass, actually. This, this might be TMI, but uh, you know, I've been working from home for a little while. I go, I go days. Do you sometimes. know what date is? I go days. Do you know what date is, Mark? I do because we're shooting a podcast <laughs> right now. That that might be the only reason why I know what day it is. But <laughs> usually, like if if I have to play the games, like when I have to ask myself when was the last time I showered, that usually means I have to shower. Ooh. The real estate gig helps keep me on my toes too, because when you're in public, you kind of have so to. Actually, not, I have not a question stink. from Mark. Mark, why did you look like a mobster the other day? I I have to know. That is from a wedding that I was at a few months ago. I was that the sounds best. cool. That's a good look on you, bro. That was a that was a good look. When I saw look. that photo, I was so impressed with you, Mark. I haven't seen Aww. you look like that ever. <laughs> I know. I, I look I look pretty nice, all cleaned up, right? Mm -hmm, well, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, very you intimidating because you're Italian. It's very Italian. <laughs> a very Italian look. It was an Italian wedding. Hey, Pete, how are you, buddy? Busy. I'm. <laughs> That's I'm an understatement. Yeah, I'm trying to put in like 50 plus hour weeks while doing everything to get ready for baby and like remodeling the house at the same time because that that's a smart idea. I mean, it's totally fine. You should move too. Maybe buy a new house. That, throw that, in there. That'd be the only thing else that I could add to make this more stressful. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Jeffum did, right, Jeffum? Yeah, He's right. That's what he did. That's what that's what my parents did. My parents they they bought a house when they were younger. And they redid pretty much every single room in the house. They there were some rooms they actually redid twice, huh. and then they and then they sold it. <laughs> oh man, they that had that crazy. house for thirty years, and they sold it. Uh, I believe you it was like you ten can keep years up this ago. This amount of energy for the next twenty one seriously years it's required. Uh, now. Eight, it's Eighteen, maybe fifteen. Mm, yeah, the <laughs> twenty five. That'll work. Melvin's Dep a slow depends. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I'll manage. How's, Ste how's Steph doing? Is she doing any better with the... Uh, a, a little better. Okay. Um, we had our... Th we had a 34-week ultrasound just a couple days ago, and uh, he's four pounds, 12 ounces, so he's getting bigger. Ooh. Um, yeah. Huzzah. Yep. Uh, every, all the other measurements healthy, heart rate's healthy, everything looks good. Rock and roll. He was... Uh, Top of the roller coaster, yep, he, buddy. He was trying to hide his face by like, doing <laughs> this when we were doing the ultrasound, because, you know, he's, he's a little punk, which Aww. is hilarious. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, <laughs> probably just sleepy. Yeah, they're pretty much sleepy for their first six months. Yeah, that, that's, I don't know. I I, I fully I'm, expect I'm Pete's child that. to come out running. He might. 
According to my mom, all I wanted to do pretty much out of the womb was bounce. Just, just endlessly just bounce all the time. Oh, and man. Until I just skipped crawling and just started running around, which was a nightmare for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm prepared for the worst. There you go. Prepare for the worst. It'll be what it is. Expect the best. Let's get going. Let's get to know uh, Miss Sadie a little bit better. Yes. So now, Sadie, you recently told me that you picked a wedding venue and a date. Uh, please tell us a little bit more about this wedding as much as you would like to share with our viewers and listeners. And, you know, even we have a great opportunity. We have two of our, our hosts or our people on the podcast are happily married. And if you would like to ask, ask them any advice about uh, marriage or wedding planning in general, go right ahead. Oh, man. Um, so we did pick a date. Uh, it's not su- uh, like official official because we haven't put down the deposit yet. But we're thinking October 5th, 2025. So we have a little time to put down Mm -hmm. that deposit. Um, Because fall weddings are cool now. Yes, definitely. I like the cooler weather, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not all sweaty standing up there. It's in Vermont. It's in Vermont, too. So it's beautiful. I actually found the venue because I went horseback riding for the first time in my entire life. Um, And we stayed at Lake Bomacene. And uh, the horseback riding... I don't know if I'd ever do it again, um, but, <laughs> but the uh, the actual uh, place that we stayed at was gorgeous. It was right on the water. Um, there was actually a wedding taking place there while we were staying there. So we got to see the whole setup and everything. The inside where they'd have the reception is like beautiful and rustic. And it's about $10,000 cheaper than anything around here. So we were like, okay, kind of a home run, I think. So... We're definitely that thinking that place. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pe- so we're Peach just had a, a wedding anniversary. What? What? Uh, which one was this? This was this seven. The eighth. Eighth. Yes. Which we preemptively took a trip to Huzzah. Puerto Rico Huzzah. for. Yay. While Steph was still on her second. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. So we did it during her second anniversary slash baby moon, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, it was her second trimester. It was the only week in her entire pregnancy when she had no pregnancy symptoms, so it worked out perfectly. So awesome. there's that. And then and but, then John and Melanie have been married for like eighteen thousand years, forever. Since well, we the met in nineteen ninety seven, so twenty six twenty six years together, and um, we got married in 06. and so what is that? Seventeen years. Long time. All I could say, Sadie, is just enjoy every minute, including like the wedding day. It flies mm-hmm. by so fast. Just well, people just, were saying I'm not even going to remember the wedding day. They were like, "Oh, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. You're not going to remember <laughs> it." I'm like, "Oh, what I want not to." Really free. <laughs> the party's not really free. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that is true. I know. It's like you, you do all this setup, and then it's like gone. Yeah. But I am the type it, of person though that I really enjoy like hosting things and I like to like let everyone have a good time. So I feel like mm-hmm. if they have a good time, I'm gonna have a good time. You know what I mean? There you so, go. But it's a good attitude. Act knock the food out of the park and get a fun DJ. We did see a pizza yeah. bar. There's an option for a pizza bar. That sounds yeah, amazing. So I, I know somebody is gonna We like went that. to a pizza wedding. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It's like pizza and beer. Like that's the thing right now. Like a sure. lot of um, millennials, for lack of a better term, a lot of millennials are doing like bar weddings and like pizza bus weddings and like kind of more 
casual mm-hmm. focus on the fun kind of thing. Oh, I did I like that. see just recently that Auntie Anne's, if you write into them and invite them to their to your wedding, they'll like send you like pretzels. Pretzels? Like, yes. Huh. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, I love <laughs> Auntie Anne's. <laughs> I was like thinking about it. Like, a rest stop with an Auntie Anne's, I, ki- I kill an Auntie oh, Anne's. Yeah. I love little pretzels. It's our number we one actually, mall stop. Not yes, a sponsor. We, we just housed a giant Auntie Anne's pretzel on the way back from Buffalo. <laughs> so, speak of the devil. so good. They have no business being so good, but they I are. know, seriously. It's criminal. I mean, they're just covered yes. in butter. Mm. So uh, much butter. Quick, quick, fun, like, the, the kind of style wedding that, that you guys are talking about. Um, shout out to Brian and Emily Pitt, good friends of mine that got married also a million years ago. Um, they had a, a wedding that was essentially like, there was a wine or beer tap in the wall and it was an outdoor wedding and it was a pig roast. And the groomsmen, of course, had the task of carrying this hundred plus pound dead pig onto the grill the night before. <laughs> that was the most awkward and difficult thing I've ever had to carry. That so, sounds so it, uncomfortable. It was, it was really that's, that's unique. It was the most it was the most unique <laughs> wedding I was a part of. <laughs> but it was awesome. Um, it, it really came out great. Sadie is my paisan, so she can understand how my wedding was old and Italian, but the food was great and we got a good DJ. So oh, yeah. old people had fun and we had fun. You guys had a great, great time. Great party going. We had an ice cream, uh, not an ice cream truck. We had an ice cream cart yes. that came out. Oh, that's people cool. People got little like ice cream that. bars from the ice cream cart. That was fun. Yeah, that, food was good. that little extra surprise, right? That comes out late. That's always a, a huge hit. People are like, oh my God. Like like you said, like pizza, like oh, that, that's you know, over there or ice the, cream. The Venetian hour. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the fancies where they do like the fire and stuff. This, yes. I think my, our wedding had a champagne march. So they like cut the things off the champagne, which was kind of fun. Hmm. Oh, like the swords. Do you live, do you live with your fiance? Me? Yes. Sorry. Yes. I'm the only one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that helps. That helps. Not asking like me. I think, oh. I think the main precept of 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 being married and staying married is that you realize that you're not your 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 partner. Yeah, it's not. And we learn that quick. Yeah, so we learn that quick. Right. No matter we, how much you like your partner, they're a different person. Right. And we actually, so we started dating. We like met on Tinder, uh, but we it kind of <laughs> it kind of worked. Um, and then COVID happened like almost immediately after. So because I worked in food service and my parents worked in nursing homes. I ended up kind of just moving in with Pat, like almost immediately. And it, it really quick. worked. Yes, it was quick. <laughs> okay. It was quick. But I don't know. A, a million things could have gone wrong, but they all went right. So I was like, I'm not mad about it. And not to chew my horn, but I really like to say, and I've been saying it for a long time, you, ha- you stay with the person because you can have fun with anybody on mm-hmm. a Saturday night, but you stay with the person that you have fun with on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or a Monday morning. <laughs> or a Monday morning, yes. exactly. That's mm-hmm. metaphors are fun. <laughs> yes. Huh. So that's a great segue, actually. Um, so we know from the last time you were on the podcast. Out of time anyway. So go nuts. There you go. Perfect timing. Uh, we know from the last time you were on the podcast, you got engaged. Speaking of your your fiance in Iceland, that's freaking cool. Um, can you tell us any other destinations that are on your list to visit, and maybe a little bit about Iceland? Because I just I love hearing about it. I we want to go back. Yeah, Iceland was absolutely fantastic. I'd love to go back again and spend more time there because we were originally supposed to spend a couple extra days there, but our Mm. flight got canceled and we had to rebook it and we jammed everything in to just a couple days. But it was really beautiful. And uh, again, he proposed under a waterfall, which was really kind of epic. 
Um, super cool. Yeah, but Mark showed me the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> the pictures of me like wet dog. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> but you did a great job. Thank you. But our other uh, place that we're going, um, we want to do our honeymoon in Japan. Ooh, so we've been that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing a little Duolingo, trying to take on the I'll learn some Japanese task of yeah, <laughs> learning like nothing like all that. English. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But it is kind of fun. Duolingo makes like a little game. Again, not sponsored, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> no, we wish. Yeah. What, 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 what parts? Can... Yeah, any of these would be great. <laughs> what parts of Japan are you thinking of going to? Um, I'm not quite sure yet, but okay. we're going to try and hit as many as possible. Hopefully we can spend like at least a week there, if not mm-hmm. more, so we can kind of, you know, do everything that we can. Oh, so, fun. yeah. What else is on the list? As far as destinations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or any well, like wish list places. Australia for the Australian Open, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of ours. That's a big one, though, because that's going to be a very expensive trip, I think. But mm-hmm. um, that's definitely like on the list. five grand just to get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a... Like the that's longest a, flight ever. Mel's cousin, um, he married into a family with a flight attendant. So, uh, the, the flight attendant put him on her friends and family list for a long, long time. This is Brandon, by the way. For a long, long time, Brandon had, was living in um, the New York area, and Tara was living in Missouri, and they were commuting, had a commuting relationship, but he would just fly. He flew everywhere. And so, and then for a while, Tara was on the East Coast, and Brandon, he got a job in San Diego, and so they were commuting to do that part of their relationship. And so they now live together, and they've lived together for a long time, but um, it's really good to be on the standby list on, as far as, like, friends and family flight attendants. He flew everywhere. He flew to Australia. I mean, he just flew everywhere for either free or very cheap. Yeah, it was like pennies on the dollar. He used to do stats. Like, how many miles did he fly in a given year? Because he just flew so much. And they do the same thing, like uh, like you guys and like Stefan and uh, Pete. They fly everywhere. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't go anywhere. Ever. So. <laughs> hey, you, you went to Italy as a kid. You also just went, recently came back from a cruise. Yeah. That's not nothing. That is, that is true, but I did not pay for it. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Where was the cruise to? <laughs> uh, we went to Bermuda. Um, mm-hmm. We did a seven-day cruise. Um, just to Bermuda, so they spent three days. We spent three days in Bermuda, and we left from New York. Hmm. It was cool. It was cool to stay there. You could like leave the boat whenever you wanted. Nice. Honestly, there were people. They brought golf clubs, and they because people <laughs> who have more than enough money take a cruise to a place and then stay at that place, so they pay for two hotels. Wow, which is fine. Yeah. Hey, when, but, um, when, when, so, like, when you're balling, like, where are you playing golf? I'm like, oh, you're playing golf in Bermuda. Mm. Okay, that sounds like a that sounds like a that would be a thing. <laughs> so let's move on and get to some sports. Um, we know the last time you were on that you are actually a tennis pro and coach. Um, can you tell us possibly how you stay motivated and reinvigorate your lessons to keep them fresh? Also, do you stay in touch with your former players? And are there any good stories? Um, I do try to stay in touch with my former players. Um. I mean, I kind of, since I've been doing this uh, just for a couple of years now, it's pretty easy for me to stay in touch with them. So how I stay uh, kind of uh, motivated and fresh on my lessons, um, I try to go and 
take lessons myself. You know, I try and go to different clubs. I try and work with different people. Um, I do a lot of, I do a lot of reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts about tennis. Um, I really try and absorb myself as much as I can in kind of the world um, of tennis, both like on the national, like people are talking about this, this is a well-known podcast, kind of uh, listening to, you know, the matches and the commentary in the pros and everything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, really trying to keep active in the community that I'm in as well, you know, so um, I really try and draw on a lot of different experiences and a lot of different things I read and watch and everything and, you know, kind of translate them and put them into, uh, you know, palatable things for people when they come. To I guess me. what is the um, what is the general like goal of your players? Let's say, are they doing it to learn tennis? Are they doing it to start competing in tennis? What are their age ranges like stuff like that? Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of a hard question to answer because the answer I is yes. <laughs> yes. Basically I teach literally like three-year-olds to like, I think my oldest student might be like 76 or something like that. Wow. Good for that. Yeah. person. So a little but, bit of everything. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yep. Like people that are looking for more competitive, people are looking to just brush up on a certain skill, like literally you name it, whatever, you know? And I really try to kind of dig in and, you know, talk to that person see do you have any high school players or college players who are like really serious and feel like tennis might be like a path for them um i mean i don't necessarily think as far as like getting to the pro level wise um i do have mm -hmm. some really competitive um students that are like that are doing really well um in the high school circuit right now colleges i coached Rhode Island college for a while um and they were undefeated and went to the ncaa tournament um, for a couple of years running and everything. Yeah. So, um, is tennis one of those college sports that gets you scholarships? Like one of those like sort of B list ones that the scams, I mean, not to relate them to the scams, but that the scams <laughs> used to use like crew and like <laughs> sports that people didn't really know about. I mean, uh, I, I guess, I guess kind of, I mean, division three, sometimes they try, you know, they'll give you a, a, you know, a merit scholarship. For, you know, but you're like, oh, what what merit is that for? It's actually just a hidden, you know, like tennis scholarship for you to come there. Um, but well, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they do do that, I guess. But I don't know. Cool, that's awesome. I don't think I was supposed to say that. P can introduce okay. you to the uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Princess uh, Kim Pagula, if, if you'd like. The Buffalo Princess, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh. It's Jessica Pagula. Jessica Pagula, yeah. Kim, Kim, Kim is the mom. It's okay. I knew who you meant. Yeah, we we call her the Buffalo Princess, even though she's a world class tennis star. <laughs> I mean, yeah, world class tennis star and most of Buffalo. Yeah, but at this point, she is both. She is both. Yes. All right, shall we get this shindig started? Let's go. Hell yeah. And now, start your engines. It's the first topic. So the Major League Baseball Divisional Series is ready to go after all four teams recently swept their opponents in the wildcard round. Surprisingly, the Diamondbacks, who had the third wildcard spot, defeated the NL-leading or winning Brewers. 
Also, the Twins, who had previously lost 18 consecutive playoff games, whooped Pete's favorite team by proximity to Buffalo in the Blue Jays. <laughs> now, the Twins are facing the defending champion Astros, Rangers against the AL-leading Orioles, Diamondbacks are facing the Dodgers, and possibly the best matchup with the Phillies facing the NL-leading Braves. So everyone, what do we think is going to happen in the baseball playoffs? Starting the show off with baseball. Yeah, I mean, to be... Baltimore is really good. Baltimore is really good. Two mm. years ago, they lost 115 games. Mm-hmm. I know. Unbelievable. And Buck Showalter showed up. What a meteoric rise. <laughs> No, this was this was after Buckshow Walter already left, but to and and now they went over yeah. 100 games this year. To to clear this up, the the I consider the Blue Jays a Buffalo ally, not necessarily like you know. <laughs> we, we, Pete, who's your sport? We, I know that your sports team is supposed to be the, your baseball team is supposed to be the Yankees, but well, this is assumes that I mean, he's not listening. We, Who, what's your baseball team? I don't know. It's it's kind of whoever you want it to be. We did the Buffalo City did lend. The Blue Jays, uh, our crappy Triple A field during COVID, because Canada was That's like, we, true, we, so we're not. Yeah, exactly. I want to say Buffalo is closer. Buffalo I, when that happened, what's that? Yeah, yeah, they did for a little while. I want actually want to say that Buffalo is closer to Pittsburgh than it is to New York. Um, it's cl- yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, it's so it, at should, the very least, it's really close. Sadie, who's your baseball team? Besides the Red Sox, who, you know, are The Sox. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> I have to say in this, I am rooting for the Phillies, I think. I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to do it, but I would like to see them. Partially because my brother is the biggest Phillies fan you'll ever see. I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, her, Sadie's brother is a, is a very good baseball player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, both... both <laughs> Both my brothers uh, that play baseball are, um, but one of them is a big Dodgers stan, and the other one Ooh. is a big Philly stan. Yep. Mm. So uh, they both went to the Dodgers and Red Sox game together, um, and uh, one of them wore a Dodgers jersey, and uh, one of them wore a Sox jersey, and they like pretended to fight. It was a whole thing. <laughs> they thought it was fun. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. That's kind of amazing. That is <laughs> I think Sadie has definitely actually gone to more baseball games than the the three of us combined. How, how many yeah. how many games, the Red Sox games did you end up going to this year? I Sadie? think we went to like four or five. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. We took the train and everything too, uh, and it it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun, and we were able yeah, to yeah, make the train home. So that was awesome. I got to okay. teach you my secret. I, I know I know of a uh, a, a key, very good parking spot that's that's two stops away from Fenway Park and I, I like to joke that I so I use I know I know about this because I used to date a girl that lived in in that area and I like to joke that this was that was the only good thing I ever got out of that relationship was finding that parking spot right. so next time you go to a game tell me so I can get there earlier sure. and then I'll take that spot from you ah or maybe you and, maybe and I just go to a game together not to uh, not to bring ah. this up like now that the Yankees aren't in the wild card round, the Twins get to the ALDS. But just like when was the last time the Twins were in the ALDS? Um, it's been years. Again, eighteen consecutive years like or games time. that they've 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 uh, they've lost. So think so think about this. If it's like a like a one game series or this was a best of three game series, uh, that because that they introduced that in the wild card round a few years ago. Uh, I have to believe though it's been like five 
series that they've lost and they're they're they do make the playoffs a good amount of time because the al central is not a very good division usually the al central's bad but it's i want to i want to say it's been so like they, they, 20 uh, years 500 and make the playoffs yeah. i want to say it's been like 20 years yeah i mean i have a hard uh, time honestly and it's a little it makes the baseball season a little bit anticlimactic but i have a hard time not seeing the uh, orioles and the braves in the uh, world series honestly <laughs> It's probably not going to be the Orioles. I mean, I it might be the Braves, though. I don't know. I think it'll be the Orioles. Houston's going to beat the Houston, Braves, obviously. Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And theoretically, Baltimore's going to be Texas, even though Texas was very is very hot at the end. Uh, Texas is playing very good baseball. But you know, let's just say that the the Orioles have been so good that they're going to win. And so, does Baltimore beat Houston? I guess is a question. Uh, Baltimore's got to get past the Rangers first, right? Keep him now. Yeah. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get we won't be able to see Justin Verlander potentially face off of Max Scherzer because uh, I believe Scherzer's hurt and I think he's he's he might be done for the year. Mm. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Scherzer, by the way, got traded from the Mets to the Rangers for those that wow, haven't paying attention. And they used to be teammates on the Detroit Tigers a while ago, which they also made the World Series that year. And it was not a very good one for them because they, I believe, got swept by i want to say the cardinals and they just could not do anything in the field jesus look at all these yankees on the on the rangers that's a lot of yankees (laughs) (laughs) i haven't realized get to the next topic but first we give a football update chicago's actually winning we are gonna start with something not sports related at all so sphere the largest spherical structure in the world just opened on the las vegas strip and it is incredible. Uh, the newest entertainment venue includes 580,000 square feet of fully programmable LED lights. Uh, the outside of the building also ha- is a fully functional digital, digital screen and has been delighting the Vegas skyline all summer with eyes, basketballs, moons, and other giant animated spheres. Uh, now, the venue itself is opened. I think the possibilities might be endless. Um, currently, uh, U2 has a residency there for the first, I think, month. Um, playing the opening show and leveraging the giant screens to add to their show. So have we seen videos of Sphere? What do we think about this brilliant leveraging of modern technology and architecture? And what's next? Well, I think, imagine the raves you could have there first off, (laughs) right? That big screen. Oh, my God. That would be insane. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So U2 is is playing, right? This is the video, some of the videos that are out right now. U2 is playing, and there is a 200-foot kaleidoscope going on behind them Ooh. and radiating up into the ceiling. Right. So, yeah. And the, the field of that. view, like, right, mm-hmm. John said there's 580,000 square feet of LEDs. It goes up above everybody's heads. Like, it looks like you're, like, I saw what you were, you were talking about, John. There was, like, some song they were playing, and this portal was coming at people, and it, it looks, mm-hmm. it's creepy. It looks like you're going inside of a weird space portal while U2 is playing the soundtrack. So I heard there are a lot of really terrible seats, um, Mm. but it is sold out for the whole month and probably going to be sold out for the whole year. Um, I think my favorite part, though, is like um, it has like a sleepy eye or like it was a giant like yellow smiley face. (laughs) I mean, it's just so awesome. So the the stuff out so many cool projecting outside the sphere is, is more fun even than inside the sphere. Yeah, because yeah. they can do anything. It's right. a giant ball. They can put anything they want on Have, it. Haven't there been memes so now where people are photoshopping random stuff onto the sphere? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
You knew that was going to happen. And, and that's the thing with with the kind of um, the kind of clarity and brightness you can do, and it's fully functional. The only thing I don't want to see, and actually maybe I want to see it a little bit, is if the computers ever crash and there's a blue screen Ooh, of death on it. Oh, death oh, on oh my god! Second. Lighting up the Vegas skyline. <laughs> Lighting up the Vegas skyline. <laughs> with a giant exactly. Windows error screen. Just everything is blue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't this sound like the most Everything. Las Vegasy thing ever, though? Like, oh, of course. Could you, could, could you picture another city having a, a sphere? Well, they're trying to make one in uh, London, I believe. They were trying to do it, and there's really? a big uproar. Yep, because they don't want it to pollute, pol- like light pollution. I got, I got, yeah, I so much that. light pollution. Yeah, like Las Vegas, it would work, I mean, but not. Yeah. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it yes. fits in Vegas. I don't know if it fits in any other. Yeah, where city. would it go in London? I could see. I, du- you got me. I yeah. don't know. Would it go like on the Thames or something like right that? Right next to Stonehenge. What were you going to say? Pete? Yeah. <laughs> where, where could you see it? I could see it in Dubai. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Isn't that, that, that's like, that sounds like a very Dubai thing, too. Right. That's becoming like Las Vegas <laughs> the of the, the Middle East almost. Yeah. That is uh, that is a truth fact. Yeah. You know, apparently I heard in Vegas, in Dubai, they have a ski slope inside a mall. They do. No way. It's a small one, but it, but it is a ski slope. Yeah, it's an indoor ski slope. I forget. Not, there's not actually, surprised th- by that at all. There is <laughs> one now in the U.S., but Dubai was the first one to ever do it. Uh, I think I forget where it is in the U.S., but I noticed my ski club. They were like, hey, first ski trip of the year. Yes. In the summer. Yes. It's to this indoor ski facility. I was like, what? The only one I knew about was the Dubai one. I, I've seen video footage of it. It's crazy. It's it's legit. Is the indoor ski facility like even worth it though? Like I feel like half of it is like the scenery. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, not the way I ski. From from a pure (laughs) skiing, well, yeah. I think yeah. If you're just beginning, you want to learn. It's perfect and it's bougie. It's cool, but yeah, the the kind of stuff I like to ski, they would never build. No one would be insane enough or could get the insurance uh, waiver permits to build anything that treacherous. By the way, Sadie, we all watch the the football game. This is the problem when the NFL puts a game on while we're recording. How dare they? I know. How dare they? I can't stop looking at every time they show Ryan Fitzpatrick's majestic beard. I can't stop, but I can't help myself. Fitz magic. Oh, Justin Fields just died. I hope Sweat Montez killed him because I need Sweat Montez to tackle some people. (laughs) His name is Sweat. It's what a stupid name. It's the other way around, you know, right? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm good at sports. <laughs> Yo, this next topic's going to hit you so hard. It's going to feel like Justin Fields after Montez Sweat hit him. So rule changes uh, to help speed up the game uh, of a baseball, like the pitch clock, and limiting the number of pickup attempts, among other things, have definitely sped up the game. Altogether, we saw the average length of a game being two hours and 39 minutes, which was 24 minutes lower than last season and a mark that hasn't been touched in almost 40 years. Altogether, there were 1985. I read this article, too. Altogether, there were nine games that lasted more than three and a half hours compared to three hundred and ninety back in twenty twenty one. So, everyone, how good for baseball is it that the average time of the MLB game was 239 and could they go even further? I think it's a great thing. Like I mean, speaking as yeah. s- somebody that, you know, I guess is 
considered a more recent fan of baseball. I never really cared for it. And I remember telling my brother that I don't get it because all they seem to do is stand around. Um, and there isn't really much athleticism involved, which I take back my words. I do take my back my words. Um, I am a big fan now, but I think that that rule change really helped people like me, I guess, get into it, you know, because it was a lot less standing around and it really helped, you know, as far as timing games too. Like we went, like I said, we went to like four or five games, but we were able to take the train and everything because we were able to like predict this stuff and take the train back. It was easily accessible, you know, and we really enjoyed it, you know? 24 yeah. minutes is a lot. Cool. It is. Yeah, it is a lot. A lot. A Especially when you've got a tr- the last train leaving Boston at 11, right? And I don't know. I think it makes a big difference. Way more digestible, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so here are some stats. Uh, attendance overall was up 9.6% compared to last year. Overall, mm-hmm. it was over 70 million, which was the most since 2017. Um, and uh, attendance was up for 26 of 30 teams. Uh, batting average was up five tenths. Uh, or I'm sorry, five points went up to 248. So that's something that they wanted. Runs were was up from 9.2 percent, which was eight and an 8.6 last year. Stolen bases were up, which is what they were hoping. In fact, the success rate jumped up to 80.2 percent. Last year was 75.4. And believe it or not, of all things, home runs went were up 12 and a half percent compared to last year. Wow. So it sounds now, like the game is more exciting too, on top of being shorter. Interesting enough, TV ratings were about the same this year compared to last, though. Now that's like a marketing issue, right? Yeah. I mean, I think people, the people who gave up on baseball because baseball's too long and baseball's too boring, I just, they need to do something to bring them back. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's no, football does very well because it markets itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is exciting, right? Big hits, big catches, big plays, right? A lot of baseball is waiting even quicker. It's waiting. And a lot of the exciting parts of baseball are like non-action. Like strikeouts are cool, but they're not like TV exciting, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of strikeouts are looking. I don't know. I don't know what they do to fix that part of it to make it, you know. Well, you teach the game a little bit better. (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't, you don't, yeah, you don't I teach mean, that everyone's got to hit like a home run every single time. Next to velocity and um, Hal Steinbrenner's going to fire the whole analytics. Well, you know, I'm so excited. <laughs> how come Aaron Boone hasn't been fired thing. yet? He, how, how, how is he still there? I don't get that. How has Brian Cashman been able to be below average for 10 years? <laughs> I don't, they don't pay me to answer the questions. Shit. They should, right? They should. They should. Right. They should. They should. I have a lot of. I have a lot to say. I mean, I'm very happy the Red Sox got rid of uh, their their god awful GM, which I can't I think, think of right now. But it's. Um, um, we'll see. Absolute inaction and inaction. No plan. That cause no plan. No plan. Mm-hmm. Absolute inaction in a in really an inflection point in the season, which caused the Yankees to really stumble and not be able to come back. I mean. When they finally made a move in the last two months of the season, and they had the best, re- they had the best record since um, the end of August, the best record in September, the whole, the whole fucking league. Um, when they brought up all their good talent and they got rid of all the stupid fuckers that couldn't play baseball anymore, <laughs> I mean, just like do that f- when you were four games out, not twelve. 
By the way, John, for- I, you know how, so when, when Jeffem is on, on the podcast and I, I threw out the bet that the three of us, you, you should have done it. You should have done it. They were so bad at that point though. Little, like little did you realize bad. the Red Sox would have been worse. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Eh, whatever. I'm glad to see the kids really playing very good. I'm incredibly excited for Jason Dominguez. I think he is going to be a very big name in baseball, honestly. So one question I, I do have about, right, you're saying how attendance and everything looks great for these mm-hmm. games to, to hop to the, the shorter game format. And the ratings aren't really reflecting that. Do you think it's just going to take time? Like, could yeah. you see the ratings yeah. over the next three or four years? If they keep this up, will it start to pick up again? Or do you do you think, I think it's twenty year olds are tired? Okay. Are tired of baseball? Yeah, it's no, more like I don't John think said, so. Maybe I, I think it like, come back. I it do. needs a spark, I think it'll come like back. a bigger spark. Unless you love baseball, mm-hmm. unless you love baseball, what is the value out of baseball? And I love baseball, but I don't really watch baseball anymore because, I mean, the Yankees have been bad for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, bad, but like they were bad this season. The games take a long time. It's a lot of waiting. The TV coverage is sort of bad. Yeah. I mean, so Sadie, you said you have a lot of other stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're a recent baseball fan. Like, what drew you into it initially? Your fiance? No, actually, I dragged oh. him. Uh, Ooh, nice. okay. It's rock and roll. Yeah. Again, it's, it's my family because they're big baseball fans. But I think that speaking to that, you know, the increase of audience in person, it's like an event. You know, like it's an experience. It's not just like the sport. Like you go there and when you, you go to like, a ball game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you know, starting the wave that goes around the stadium, yeah. you know, like getting oh, the so hot dog in the beer. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we actually we went to one and there were two kids that were a couple rows down in front of us. They started the wave and the wave went around the whole stadium. Like, I think it was like four times, four and a half oh, times. Wow. Like, fully around like it's like cool you know and they like toss out the balls to people and everything up in the stands it's like it's really kind of interactive and like being there in person especially with like you know speeding it up so it's a little bit more manageable and like palatable for like other people that aren't just like huge baseball fans I think that they're like marketing it well in a way that they can you know because I do agree that like Baseball on TV is a little bit, you know, boring because you're just sitting there. You're not getting like the full experience of it. It's like a like a 360 degree experience that you're just, you know, seeing in front of you in a 2D version. Watching watching sports in VR is really fun. Mm. Maybe that's what they do. Baseball (laughs) and and VR. That's the future, (laughs) right? That's the future. They have um, VR broadcasts of basketball games and baseball games Mm -hmm. now. and. my goggles, which are right there in the background, you can see them. Yeah. Um, Put the uh, MLB finals times. That's uh, pretty cool. in the sphere. Make them watch it in the sphere. That's oh, there, yeah, yeah there in you the go. sphere. <laughs> That's a good idea. What goes beyond VR? Like you got to get the smell, smell vision thing going on. <laughs> get the smells of the game. Weird hot dogs and sweaty yeah, people. The burnt hot dogs, the the <laughs> popcorn. You know, yeah. <laughs> Next topic, me ask it. And so we're going to really lean into this. Um, U.S. Open winner and American darling Coco Gauff won her first match at the China Open this week. Uh, this is her first match since winning uh, the U.S. Open last month. Uh, she overcame Alexandrov um, 7-5-6-3, but said she wasn't playing at her best. Um, this is her 13th now win in a row and mm-hmm. raises her to number three in the world overall. Um, do we like Coco's chances in the China Open? 
is she becoming the best female player in the world? And what do you think about being a sports superstar at 19? Ooh, that was a lot of questions. All right. Um, so I like doing three. <laughs> three gets us to five minutes. As long as you don't mind me getting a one up. Uh, yeah, that's, or that's, that's um, so I love golf. I think that she's playing such a smart game right now. So she's in this, the, uh, sorry, quarterfinals right now. Um, she's going to play mm-hmm. Sakari. I think her chances to go all the way are really, really looking good. Um, she, uh, used to have a lot of trouble with her forehand. She had, you know, a couple of, as, as a young tennis player in such a high, like, profile position, like, you know, like, that mental game is tough. But, like, what we saw in the U.S. Open, like, she loves a fight. Like, three set, grueling matches, staving off, like, set point after set point, and she was so steady, and she took her chances to be aggressive when she needed to. She played defensive when she needed to. Um, and I think she's got such a smart head on her shoulders right now. Um, and I believe if she does win this quarterfinal, she's set up to play uh, Sviantek, um in the uh, semifinals. That which should be a good matchup. Yeah, that's going to be an insane matchup. But Goff did beat her recently uh, for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I I really do think that Goff's going to go all the way here. Uh, it'll be tough, though, because Spiontek's kind of getting back on her game. She she lost it for a little bit there. Uh, for was she example, hurt? She, I, don't, I don't think she was hurt, but she has trouble with players that hit a really aggressive ball yeah, and strong, take yeah, control yeah. Of, the, of the match uh, early. Uh, and I think that that was just something that she had to try and overcome. She's been doing better uh, in Beijing, but I still think that Goff's got the tenacity and the overall game right now to take her on. Yeah, she's got a well-rounded game. I mean, you, you, Sadie, both you and I have said in the past how we didn't, we weren't one hundred percent sure about her her mental toughness during matches, mm-hmm. but she definitely showed showed it uh, showed up during the U.S. Open. Oh, I mean, she's she's got phenomenal conditioning. I mean, she can probably outlast any other female tennis player, maybe even some of the men as well. Yeah, uh, that's something I always wondered. Like, well, how come how come the females don't do best of uh, best of five sets? I I could have sworn oh, no. there was a while ago where there was like one tournament that they actually did do a best of five. I could be wrong about that, but though. Um, but that's another, yeah, that's another I story. I, that's another I story. don't know. I haven't really looked that up. Yeah. But uh, how, uh, how many, how many uh, major championships do we think Coco can win? So many, so many. So many. Will so she many. pass Serena? I mean, at that uh, young, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know if she would pass Serena. I think if she stays on course, like she is now, she very well could. Um, but it's hard to replicate what Serena did. It's really hard to, um, but uh, yeah, one of the things that I actually just recently was reading um, about Goff, she gave an interview and she was talking about the haters and how she thrives off the haters. And I she bet, takes yeah. all of that, yeah, all of that negative criticism. And she said, my my uh, team warned me that I can't respond to these, but she channels it and <laughs> uses it uh, in her matches and she finds, uh, you know, motivation from that, which I love. It's so hard to be able to do that. I brought this up in a previous podcast, but now with your opinion, what do you think about the Obamas kind of adopting her? I mean, not like officially, right? Like, <laughs> not, like not literally. Coming to her match and like talking to her afterwards. And then when they won the Open, they congratulated her on social media. And just like they really feel like she's a good like um, 
representative of America, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it. You know, I think that, you know, they're supporting her as they should as one of the leading females uh, in any sport, you know, golf's name is very recognizable, giving her that kind of high profile support. uh, Definitely. Should and probably does mean a lot to her. <laughs> and and yeah. what else are the Obamas doing right now? They're not doing anything. That's well, being Barack Obama <laughs> yeah. and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. They they could right. I mean, they they could be spending their time doing anything, but choosing to to go follow her career that's pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's just one of the things. Yeah. But I think that her being nineteen, her being a minority, her being so good right now. I just think all that stuff is very important to highlight. I yeah, think that's what they're doing. Mm. Yep. And I mean. Yeah, like she, she looks like, like physically, like she could be in her peak already at that young of an age. I mean, she could be playing for a long time if she can hold up. And it, it okay. sounds like she's got her her mantra right, using, like you said, all any kind of negative fuel to turn it around as motivation. That's a very socially and, and mentally advanced thing to do, especially at that young of an age. So that that's freaking cool. Yeah. Kudos Can to you um, give us a little insight? I mean, because Sablanka, who she beat in the U.S. Open, is the number one ranked um, female player right now. How did she win that match after losing the first set? I mean, honestly, I think that uh, golf was so super patient. And I mean, if you look at the highlights from that match, there's like one point where Sabalenka literally made Goff run from like one end of the court to the other, to the other, mm. to the other, like hitting overheads, like one of the most aggressive shots you can hit in tennis. And Sabalenka hits the ball hard. She Very is hard. one of the heaviest right, yeah. hit it, hitters. And Goff just staved it off, staved it off, staved it off. And eventually, you know, as we saw, Sabalenka made the mistake. You know, you can only sustain that high energy for as as long as you can, really. And Goff made her hit so many in wow, a row. She must, she's a tall woman, too. Mm-hmm. Six feet tall. Yep, yep. Wow. That's Absolutely. pretty good. How high, like, as far as, like, trajectory um, to someone that tall, how high does the ball come from at that point? I mean, the... the racket is very tall their arms are very long yeah I mean, I mean that's like that's like a tall pitcher throwing which i know is very hard to hit yeah, especially yeah. if she well, has a long I mean, arm span on top of that too yeah mm-hmm. natural advantage some of us don't have it some of us do <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean if she gets some air on her serve too that thing is coming in hot she uh <laughs> yeah yep yep Although I have to say, Ben Shelton, his serve, very impressive. Oh my Just god! How fast that serve was! So fast, oh, hmm. man. I'm a big Ben Shelton fan too. Yeah. Tell us um, before we go, and so that the listeners know, because I have no idea, how fast do serves come in? Um, I mean, for the and how fast do fast serves come in? I mean, if so like you're an average number and a top number, yeah. If you're talking like professional, I mean, it's like you know, probably between the like one fifteen, one twenties to like Oof. you know, sometimes the highest amount is like what was Ben Shelton's? I, I think Ben Shelton hit was in like one forty. Yeah, I want to say he was in the one forty. Yeah, yeah so that's, his was that's which, is, which was the fastest that yeah. it's that we've yeah. ever seen. I think I think it's, it's pretty rare. Second. Yeah, pretty rare for a one forty nine than a hundred. According to Google, yep. my God, one forty nine. Now, now, ba- mother of God. Now, back in our day when we were a little younger, with like Sampras and Agassi, Sampras we, was a pretty powerful server in in our day. And I don't think he ever t- got in the like top in in the one thirties. I I think he was in the one twenties mainly. And and Agassi, while he was a shorter player, uh, he he could hit it 
as uh, probably as fast and hard as uh, as Sampras, but he was more worried about getting it into uh, getting getting a, a good first serve. So he took he he ended up taking a lot off his serves. Mm-hmm. I think part of that too, though, is like the technology, like rackets and strings and everything, and tensions and all that stuff, like. You know, the, the more advanced it gets, the easier it becomes to hit, you know, those fast Do you have serves. to start? I know I in gotcha. baseball, with hard baseball pitches, you have to respond. You have to start acting before the ball is actually mm. let go. Yep. Is it a similar thing with that much speed in a tennis serve? Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I've I been annoying people to absolute death in my lessons because I keep <laughs> telling them, split step, split step, split step. Before the ball even comes to you, before they even start their swing, yeah. you're split stepping, you're getting ready, you're getting on your toes and they just want me to shut up i know it but (laughs) (laughs) but it's so important it's so important your return of serve will improve exponentially just by getting a little bit of forwards motion started early on in in the motion like they bring their racket back you're already going really does help that's what i was trying to think too when john was asking about the serve speed right what's the distance between one end of the court to the other it's not that far and at that velocity you're talking less than half a second Oh yeah. Before that ball yep. from when that ball hits the racket to when you need to be hitting it back, not just mm-hmm. like till it gets to you, like you have to be ready. Yep. <laughs> like you So pretty much you have about a tenth of a second of reaction time. Well, time was the next topic. Now, of course, we can't go this long without mentioning two of our three NFL teams not doing so hot this season. Nashi, we're not we're not talking about Pete's Bills, but in fact, uh. John's Giants and my Patriots. Granted, the Pats didn't have very high expectations with almost everyone picking them to finish last in the AFC East. But the Giants were a playoff team last year, and our boy Danny Dimes, also known as our measuring stick when it comes to QB contracts, <laughs> is is struggling. Forever. So everyone, and I can't wait to hear what John has to say about this, which one in three team looks worse right now, the Giants or the Patriots? The Giants look so bad. <laughs> the Giants have scored, and I wrote this question too. Um, the Giants have scored two touchdowns yeah why can't they score why can't they score they've scored two touchdowns in four games mark and they've only been winning for 14 seconds mm-hmm. oh that 14 I, seconds I saw that stat yeah that's that's insane four games you know what this is what now, i don't understand john and i'll let you rant on a little bit more but what have we been mm-hmm. saying was the key to danny dimes this year darren waller why aren't they using darren waller <laughs> Because they have no time. There's no time. You don't need time. There's no time. Yes, you do. No, you don't. <laughs> There's okay, no time. So I'm going to get my momentum up. All right. right. <laughs> Might want to take a step back. There is no quarterback. Brace yourself. <laughs> no quarterback. There is no person who can be good at anything if they only have, if they only have three seconds, and really most cases two. Before a giant angry armored man kills them. <laughs> There's no one. I love how you describe it. And we know this is a fact. And this is how we know this is a fact. The Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost, tons of pressure. Both Super Bowls that Tom Brady lost, tons of pressure. I mean, it just, you get, I, I, I read a statement, you get literally trauma right you get shy you're just like are so afraid of getting murdered that you just can't focus on your job and that's what's going on right now the giants offensive line is abysmal abysmal so what is different they, what is different between this year's offensive line and last year's though they let so many people go did they, they on the line built the team the team 
Well, and they I got, they got to pay Danny Yankees. Dimes, right? <laughs> the team functionally doesn't make any sense. They let go important defensive pieces and important O-line pieces, and you can see, right? I mean, shit. Saquon Barkley gets hurt in week two because of a terrible offensive line. The Giants don't actually even really score or do anything in game one because of a terrible offensive line. What I find really interesting, and I said this to you guys earlier, is that um, there are a whole bunch of um, so, uh, defensive players and linebackers on their social medias making a lot of jokes at the Giants' expense, which are funny. <laughs> but um, you know what? Micah Parsons on the Dallas Cowboys is defending Danny Dimes every chance he gets. He's like, listen, do you really think this is this guy's problem? And he's showing pictures of literal missed blocks, just missed blocks, 10-second videos of just guys running straight at him. Yeah. Because it's the problem. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That was, I would be embarrassed uh, if I was responsible for that offensive line after uh, this Monday night game that, that just occurred. That was, it was like the line gave up. Yeah. And maybe they're getting their asses kicked so hard that they're just gassed. Maybe. Or it's like even the middle of the game, but... And so you don't score points, right? And so then, I mean, because football is incredibly psychological too. You don't score any points. And so the defense has this weight of keeping the whole game on their shoulders. And even if the defense is good, and it's really not, then the defense has problems. They lost. I heard this stat too. They are so dysfunctional that they injured two players trying to do, and I'm going to use the second term for it, the brotherly shove. Um, so they tried to do the brotherly shove in this last game for on a fourth and one, and they failed, and they lost two players. Daniel Bellinger injured himself, and one of the offensive line members injured oh himself, gosh. and they both came out of the game because they're just, they're like a bad movie. They're so fucking dysfunctional. I can't stand it. I can't even watch. Uh, All right. Anyway. You, sorry, want, you, want me to, you want me to rant on about my Patriots now? So, yeah, yes, Rand versus Rand. Let's go. So the Patriots have just lost their two best defensive players in Matthew Judon and Chris Gonzalez to injury. Matthew Judon tore his bicep. Chris, mm. I forget what Chris Gonzalez did, but he's out for a while too. So you have uh, the two best defensive players are now gone on on a team that was already really not that good, but was really relying on their defense to be good. So now if you don't have a, uh, have a good defense and you don't have the personnel on offense, at, at, at the very least, Mac Jones has a decent offensive line, but he has no one to throw it to. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's only so much you, you can do with scheme. There's only so much you can do with scheme. And it's I, I'm just really disappointed with the fact that Belichick has has just staying with his whole scheme of not paying top dollar for certain talent. Like I this I think we have a much different story if D, D Hop was on the Patriots. And I wonder, oh, yeah. is D Hop happy being on the Titans right now? Titans aren't doing so great either. Probably not. But well, I mean they maybe he's last, getting they paid. They looked good last week. Maybe he And they look good last if week. If he just wants money, then he's he's happy as can be. Henry was a little injured, one and two. Yeah. And they won I think they won three and four. I gotta say, I, my sympathies to Judon. I've always liked him. He's he's a baller. He's a like, phenomenal player. He's awesome, and and it seems like he's got a good attitude about it. Like he's just he's just a killer out there, but in the best spirited way possible. Like he is football. And, and, and the Patriots haven't had the easiest first four games for their schedule. Also, I mean, they face the Cowboys. They yeah, face the been, Dolphins. Where where is Zeke? 
You went and got Zeke. Where's Zeke? He's been used. But they've been down, so they have to pass it more. And they have, like, no... They have some okay receivers, but not the ones where are game-changing. It's a a stable of WR2s. Yeah. Yeah. Grabbing grabbing Zeke made me scratch my head. That's a very unpatriots-like move. Like... I could have told you. Oh, Zeke I think that's a very Patriots move. You think so? That's a very Patriots move. They got it for four million dollars. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, cheap, a good deal. But it's cheap. I could have told you before the season started that this is exactly how Zeke was going to look. He's he's not he's not the same player he was four years ago. No, he's of course not. I mean, and Juju's old, and I mean Devontae Parker's pretty good. Kendrick Bourne is okay. I mean, they have two. Juju, they have Juju's washed up now. Yeah, the Patriots sure. have been in most of the games, with the exception of the Cowboy game. That they, uh, I mean, they they were in it. They had a uh, against the Eagles. They had yep. a last second Jesus, one. The Cowboys are they terrifying. Almost got the Eagles so. win. And the Dolphins, they had a, they had a chance so to beat the Dolphins too. Yep. So all in all, should I be really be all that down on the Patriots right now? Because they've been in three of the four games that they've I played. Tell you, yeah, they're well. The Giants haven't had a chance. The Giants have not had a chance. Poor they Giants. can't score. So one and four. No, one and three. Yep. One and three. Probably one in four after Miami beats them. Do you tank for Caleb Williams? Uh, after just you, give, how many you, people are tanking for Caleb Williams? Yeah, right. And you just gave Danny Dimes a contract. Right. But yeah, that hasn't literally stopped. hasn't stopped. Literally I mean, just gave Danny Dimes a contract. I think the Bills. Well, Caleb Williams is going to be a lot cheaper than Danny Dimes. I, I think the Bills dumped what. Fitzpatrick the year after they gave him a huge contract. By the way, John, what are we going to bet when the Giants and Patriots face each other? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Sadness point. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> I will say that I was talking a big game too, wasn't I? Before the season uh, yes. started, so it's a big game. I am not an unreasonable man, and I know when I'm beat. And they are bad. For, they are bad. For a quick answer to the question, though, I, I think the the Patriots will round into form and at least get seven or eight wins. The Giants, I don't think so, unless something seriously changes. It's, it's it's sad to it's, see. It's very early season. Well, Barkley's going to come back this week, and theoretically, the only game that they looked even halfway reasonable, he had a great game. So, yeah. Sadie, did you end up buying those Patriots tickets that you were, were looking at? Uh, no, I got dissuaded. Yeah, because it's expensive yeah. to go to a football game. I mean, it's expensive, but also I'd like to see them not get brutally murdered on the field. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Patriots are always coached well, so it's respectable, but I hear you. Yeah, I've been I've been bothering Mark with uh, TikToks that are edits of some of the most embarrassing moments from uh, games. And I have to say, there are a surprising amount of them as a, wow. a, a as a not not too much into football person. Uh, I do I do laugh when they come across my screen <laughs> and then I send them right to Mark and say, uh, are you proud of this? <laughs> <laughs> so, John, a quick final question for you about about the Giants. Do you, so you're mentioning, you know, the Waller is, is their their shot, but he hasn't really been used yet. Do you think he's still got some lingering effects from his injury that he started the season with? Or do you think he's 100 percent and it's just there's just no time to get to him? I have not seen Daniel Jones. It's hard to say, yeah. Yeah. Even a semblance at starting a series or even like getting first downs. I mean, they're just really not throwing very well right now. And I don't think it has anything to do with the receivers. Honestly, I think the receiving core is very good. I think that Jalen Hyde is scary fast. Scary fast. And I think 
if they used high the way they did in the Arizona game, and they used Waller the way they did in the Arizona mm. game, and Barkley was back, and they used Barkley the way that they did in the Arizona game in the second half, I don't necessarily know if um, they're bad in those circumstances, but they're not doing any of that. It's early, and I still say you yeah. don't really know what a team looks like until after October. That's so true. it's still early. Yeah, It's getting a little less early, though, Mark. You're getting a little less early. If you smell, the next topic is cooking. And so, because I have said the name of college football god, we will speak of him. Um, keeping up with the <laughs> NFL draft is always a full-time job, and is, as name image likeness grows, the celebrity of players become more and more prominent. Uh, the biggest thing out of next year's draft is certainly Caleb Williams, QB from USA. Uh, since transferring from Oklahoma last... now. 2021, so two, one full season ago. Caleb has lit teams on fire with 8,052 total passing yards and 84 touchdowns in his really two-year college career. Uh, the clear Heisman Trophy winner this year, uh, Caleb is already worth $2.6 million in his NIL contracts and can safely be bet as next year's number one pick to the NFL. Uh, what do we think about Caleb Williams, his future in the NFL, and what NIL and the transfer portal has done for his career? You know, you know what the the funny thing about this, and I, th- I believe we've mentioned this on the on the on the podcast before, is he potentially might not enter the draft next season because really? because of nil. He he wants to see how everything plays out, and he wants to see who that number one. And he doesn't want to be a bear or a giant. He doesn't want to be a bear or a cardinal or a cardinal. What you know. You, you got to think about that. Like, so someone who gets the number one pick is going to be a bad team. He's he's been like contemplating. It's like, well, maybe I'll just stay in for another year because of NIL. He's making a good amount of money uh, with, with his a name. Serious amount, hmm. a serious amount of like commercial contracts, mm-hmm. like an energy company, an energy company. Wow. And he has a shoe deal. And he's really very, his team must be very, very good. He's very, very oh, good. Oh, yeah. USC is, USC is and, Last weekend, um, at the bar, we, Pete and I were at a bar last weekend. We were. At the bar. Um, the Q, I literally was getting a beer, and the USC game was on, and I look up, and they're winning by 40. Yeah. And it's like the second Was this quarter. against Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, yeah team, I looked up and saw that, too. Is, the team is ridiculous. USC is a top 10 team. Yeah, they're ridiculous. And so you know why he transferred from Oklahoma? Because he wasn't playing. No, because he followed his coach. Lincoln, oh, Lincoln yeah, Riley. Lincoln Riley was on Oklahoma. He became the head coach of USC last season. And so he, he joined, which I actually think this is a possibility. Caleb Williams jumps the NFL next year. Lincoln Riley, his head coach, also jumps the NFL. Interesting. Think about that. That's pretty, that's pretty I cool. I mean, if that's the reason that he moved in the first place, and if, yeah, if Lincoln Riley does go to the NFL, then I would say, you know, bet all your money in Vegas that, uh, that he, that he will too. But it, from what John's saying, it sounds like he's in no rush that there's no need for him to go pro right away. He's doing pretty good as it, as is, is he good enough of an athlete in any other sport to where he could pull a John Elway and be like, well, you know, the, this baseball <laughs> team just drafted me. So I might do that until, you know, the uh, football team that drafted him trades him to there, another. There's football so team. many comparisons between him and Patrick Mahomes, which I think is unfair. Mm. You know, Patrick Mahomes you, wasn't compared to Patrick Mahomes that, when that's Mahomes true was too. drafted, right? That that is that is a truth fact. Uh, otherwise, the Bills just would have drafted him at the tenth pick instead of trading it away yeah, to I Kansas know. City. I know. 
Wow. So he has he has sponsorships with United Airlines, with PlayStation, with huh. um, Fanatics. So like tops, he has like a lot of very very good. Deals. Now, wow. granted, those those deals aren't going to go away if he jumps to the NFL because it's no, tied to him. No, we'll see. I don't. You know what? I just realized though, we didn't talk about you guys being hanging out in Buffalo and all the bars that you went to. We just did one. We, did we only went to we went to one, but it was great. It's a good one. Was it the it's one the, with all the TVs? No, it's a, no. We went to the Hamburg Hamburg Brewery. Okay, it's in Hamburg. Less than half a mile from my parents' house. I could have walked there. But it's we sat outside. I remember that place. Um, I remember that place. Picture, I'll put a picture up on the website by, of our. Yep, out. by the big pond and the fountain on, on the nice deck there. Sadie, it was like seventy five. Sadie, yeah. have you ever been to Buffalo? Haven't. Do you have? Do you, would you like to learn from Pete, who is from the Buffalo area, about <laughs> Buffalo? We we. Uh, well, you I have mean, no choice, Pete. Okay. <laughs> I think we need a separate right, topic to go for to this. We're talking about Caleb Williams and football. Somehow this turned into Buffalo. I don't know how that happened, but that's fine. <laughs> no, um, the city is slowly but surely revitalizing itself. It was a garbage dump from you know the the 70s through the 90s, and now it's actually pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of neat, tons of neat bars. There's some actual nightlife now. The, uh, the Pagulas. Hence, Jessica being the princess of Buffalo, uh, have breathed a lot of life and money into the city. So you have these like posh seven story hotels that were built with multiple hockey rinks inside of them for to the, where the NHL combine now goes every year. You've got this gorgeous waterfront that's actually being developed now. The sunsets there in the summer. Gorgeous, by the way. You know, you know what shocks me about Buffalo? Oh, we have a um, we have a. a two remote sites in the Buffalo region. Mm -hmm. We have one in Buffalo proper, but one in um, the Southern tier of Buffalo. What shocks me about Buffalo when I go there for business is the food is so good. Food is, food good. is all good. More than just the wings. More than just wings. Yep. So good. There's so yep. many really nice, almost high scale places. And it's interesting when you walk around downtown Buffalo, nobody's there. Yeah. It's <laughs> never there. It's, it's a, it, there are parts of it that are still a ghost town for sure. And so like, it's so easy to get around yeah. in Buffalo, and it's like a medium to large size U.S. city. It's like a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of buildings, theoretically a lot of people, maybe during the work day. Um, and so the people who I talk to in the Buffalo area, not just Pete, it's, they say, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody about <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo is the biggest well, kept secret in New York. What's, essentially. what's fascinating is it's a city that has the infrastructure built up for more than well, about three quarters of a million people, right? It was one of the top sized cities population wise in the country. Not, I mean, this is like 40 years ago. That infrastructure is all still there, but the people aren't. Um, they've all migrated outward into the suburbs and even the second ring of suburbs. So the greater Buffalo area is well over a million people. I think it's like 1.4 or something now. But the city itself is under 300,000. It's empty. But there's all this cool stuff there and there's so there's much a lot space of good stuff to do. in buildings. Yeah. yeah. So you're seeing well, a lot of breweries. What would you suggest we do? If, if I were to take uh, a trip there, what should I do? I mean, go to a Bills game. Yeah, go to a Bills game. It's, <laughs> it's the cheapest, the it's the cheapest NFL one. tickets you can possibly get. It's very cheap to go to uh, a Bills game. Sabres game too. Um, uh, hockey. If if you're your favorites, like uh, Boston Bruins, if they're they're in town, they're in the same division. They play a lot. So if you want to catch the we Bruins, actually, we actually did Pete's bachelor Sabres. party in Buffalo. We did. Oh really? We did. We did we a did little a pub crawl. Bunch of bars. Oh so nice. 
You can eat some wings. Yep. You can go to you can go to Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara oh, Falls is right Niagara just Falls. north of there. There you yep. go. I highly recommend that if you've never been. I got you. I got you. All right, now now I'm going to Buffalo. Yep. Seven one six bar Riverworks. Seven one six isn't the bar anymore. Remember. Southern Tier bought it. It's like a Southern oh, Tier. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, well, anyway, yeah. It's the bar formerly known as 716. Southern Tier Brew Pub in downtown. Yeah, okay. Um, Riverworks is always good. There's, there's roller derby. Somebody, else tell somebody me must that? have told you. I, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. you, you I, can bun- I, I, I remember hearing yeah. that on this podcast. So <laughs> you, you can like rappel down the giant, like 200 foot high Labatt blue painted beer can uh, silos that used to be like grain elevators. You know what, though? Yeah, I've got to start doing that, do though. Because me and Pat are going to try and get on the amazing race. And we got to be ready to oh. do that kind of stuff. So Yes. Steph and I We're going to go to Buffalo to prepare. Did you That's really? Good. Yeah. yeah. You we, we didn't make it, but. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but it was so fun, cool, It was fun though. to audition. You know, we got interviewed How by them and the everything. How far the process did you get? I mean, we they gave us a, a full interview in front of the cameras and everything. And we gave our spiel. And they, they asked us a bunch of questions. And we thought we had a good story. They were laughing. But. You know, we never heard back, but it was still fun to do. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Any tips for us? It didn't seem like you were going to. Huh? You need to argue. Like you're go- yeah. yeah, you seem like you don't like each other that much, <laughs> honestly. I mean, that's probably why they didn't get picked, because they seem too normal. Yeah, they don't seem normal. we had some good stories, but yeah, right. Maybe we didn't cause enough drama, <laughs> right? That's true. Get in um, a fight in front I mean, of the cameras yeah. and make up and act out. I mean, because you're not opera. like yeah. like um, this season has the dad who's deaf. I mean, you're, like, you're, you're oh. not deaf and you don't oh, have like a... I'm their right. biggest fan. I'm their biggest fan, I have to they say. They seem great. Yeah, the they way. seem I awesome. that team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, quick final note in Buffalo for wings. Don't... Anchor Bar is where they were born. It's not the best wings. Do like Barbill. Um, my personal favorite is right in Hamburg because I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of a hometown uh, sucker, but Mamosers. It's like a dive bar in the village of Hamburg. Pretty awesome. I like Duffs. You always bring me to Duffs. Duffs is pretty good. Like yeah. Uh, and they have like goofy, like America's Funniest Home Videos reruns on on a bunch of screens up on the TV all the time. Their sauce is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love what you do for me. Next topic. So for some reason, Roger Goodell has had a change of heart when it comes to gambling in NFL facilities. He decided to shorten the suspension for those that gamble on non-NFL games from six games to two for the first violation, which also resulted in reinstating a handful of players that initially got doled out the harsher penalty this year. Now, it's not all roses and sunshine, though, as longer suspensions exist now for wagering on NFL games, going from one year to two year suspension. So, everyone, why do we think the NFL altered its gambling policy and what messages does it sound or send? I mean, I think everybody's gambling and everybody's gambling. They don't want to suspend all their players. Seriously, everyone's gambling, Mm -hmm. right? There's way less taboo about it in the public, so therefore the league needs to adjust. But why the why why decrease the penalty for betting on non NFL games? Why? Why not just get rid of it? I mean, I don't know why True. they can't bet on non NFL games. Maybe exactly. it's a step. Hopefully, it's a step to that. But I, I guess mean, we'll it's have not to see. Like they can adjust. I mean, it's not like they are in charge of the results of a baseball game or a football game right? or a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game. It's not like they can do that. I mean, maybe they run in similar circles, like maybe Danny Jones knows Dark Cheater. Like, maybe he doesn't. Like, <laughs> you think that happens? Like, <laughs> I don't think I don't think he gets to hang out. I right. think he like 
if he goes to Derek Jeter's mansion in Tampa, he gets to maybe park the cars. Clean <laughs> 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 clean up after him. Mr. Jeter, can I come inside? Right. No. Nope. No. That's exactly what I picture when Dan with Daniel Jones and Derek Jeter hanging out with each other. That's amazing. <laughs> Seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. <laughs> Just <laughs> Just keep parking the yeah. cars, Dan. Yeah. Has that, has anyone here tried either like FanDuel or DraftKings or anything like that? I love um the Caesar Sportsbook in New Caesars. York. It's fucking great. It's great. You can bet on your phone, right? And and DraftKings and FanDuel have the same thing. Anything you want. Every game shows you. Every prop bet right there. And I mean, Mark knows because Mark likes to gamble, but I like to gamble. Yeah. I want to, I, I, you I'm, know how I'm I think we've it. made it when we've made it, when we've made it to like the Fanduel or Caesars, <laughs> we have like a prop bet for if these balls could talk, like how long yeah. the show is going to be or something like that. Long. <laughs> so, somebody I knew. <laughs> that is long. I'm seriously thinking about it because uh, someone that I knew turned 20 bucks that Fanduel gave them into 800 in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's okay. Wow. That's how pretty good. Long, you know, Pete, how in touch you are with football right now, I bet you would do very well. I'm I'm seriously considering it if I got a little fun money. You should. Sports betting is really fun, honestly. And actually, honestly, gambling is really fun. I love to gamble. Um, I love the horses and I love blackjack and um Colin is going. Hey Colin, um Colin is going to Las Vegas for his um mm. his he, he, wedding and Oh. So we're I thought you said the bachelor party. Me. Oh, so the no, wedding is in Vegas. The wedding now. is in Vegas. The wedding is in Vegas. And so um he's been talking he's been learning crap strategy. So he's been like he was like, How do you play? I'm like, well, this is what I play for craps. I could totally Sadie, see what, Colin. Sadie, what about you? Do you do you uh do you dabble in the gambling at all? I don't really. My little brother tried to get me into it. Um hmm. and he I don't think he's been very successful at it though. Um <laughs> and I know I wouldn't be either, because I literally could Guess wrong eight hundred times in a row, and guess wrong again on the next one. Oh, I, I could teach you. Yeah, I could teach you how to play blackjack. <laughs> you know what a good feeling is, though. What? This is a good feeling, and everybody likes this. You go to the racetrack, you take two dollars, you bet it to show. Show is first, second, or third on a horse that you like the name of. Like it doesn't matter because it's two dollars, and they and you win, and and you don't win a lot. I don't. For show, I don't. Right? I don't win. <laughs> Would you win? Because you know. The horses are the horses aren't random, but there's some randomness to it. Like a horse could get scared of his shadow, right? Because they're animals, and um, and you go when you get your money. And, and I mean, everybody likes that. It's, it's just in, entirely positive. It helps. So you want to? I can see that. I can see that making sense, except yeah. for Mark cutting in and being like, "I don't ever win ever." So you know, one of my one of my all time favorite stories with me and John, by the way. So John. He he loves betting on the horses. Okay, he usually wins. With the only time he doesn't win when I go with him. Oh, <laughs> that no. is. So it's you. You're saying it's I you. Am, you're the problem. So, so one one thing that John and our friend you Jeffum. Tell, you have to tell them the yes, story now. One one okay. one thing that John and our friend Jeffum like to call me is hey, is the cooler. Now the cooler was a movie with William H Macy and Maria Bello. Monica Bello. I forget what her name is now, but Monica Bello. Monica Bello. Thank you. 
Uh, but I, anyway, a cooler is someone that uh, is at a casino. He like will just touch a table or whatever like that. And then all of a sudden it becomes cold. Wow. And so I have been nicknamed the cooler because essentially anything that I any bet that I will make or if I'm around uh, apparently people that usually win, they lose. Time. Sadie, Sadie and Pete, there was a long time where Mark had to play a blackjack on a different table than Jeff and I. Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> would not, would not let me be by. there. It would just, it would just go cold. By. Would not let he me be there. And we'd be like, oh, it's probably nothing. And we would come by and we'd be killing. We'd be killing. So why are you yeah. offering to help me, Mark? Stay away from me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still know the strategy. That's amazing. He just has well, to do actually, it virtually from afar. Of okay. casino games. <laughs> A well-played game of blackjack is mostly win. Hmm. You can definitely win if you play blackjack right, and you don't have an, an, too many assholes playing it wrong. Right. Hmm. That's also why in blackjack, if you play wrong and you're in a casino, there people might get be bad at Italian you. Man. <laughs> there might be an old Italian man that yells at you, and it's okay because yeah. he's just cranky. Yeah. The very first <laughs> time I time. went to a casino, <laughs> I was standing there and I was super young and super stupid. So I took a picture of the entire place like, oh, cool. And the uh, old Italian man came up to me and said, hey, delete that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> did you did you end up in jail? Oops. Did you end up, did you up in casino no, jail? But casino I'm pretty jail. sure he worse, wanted to put me worse there. for that. Yes. No, he didn't want to put you in jail. He wanted to make sure he didn't have to murder you. Yeah, that yeah. also. So, uh. Yeah. Little, yeah. uh, the guy who walked up to you, he doesn't play. Yeah, mm. no. So uh, that taught me a valuable lesson that day. <laughs> I, I, I believe we are going to a casino very, very soon, though. So maybe we try a little little look at the tables. Uh, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was planning on it. I wasn't good. planning on taking a photo of the place, though. So no, we'll don't be, do we'll that. Be, we'll be good. If, if, if you <laughs> yeah. like your fingers, you should not take photos in casinos. Oh, yeah. So here is, here is John's guide to gambling, and it's very easy. Do it. Pick a game and choose how much money you would be willing to lose at that game. Mm-hmm. Just pick. Mm. $40, $60, $100, it doesn't matter. And put that money and turn it into chips or however you're going to play and play that money. And then every time you win, take half of it, half of your winnings and take it and you put it in your left pocket. Every time. So every extra hmm. goes in your left pocket. And eventually, I don't do that. You have 100 <laughs> you have $100 in your left pocket. <laughs> and then once you have $100 in your left pocket, you can take that money and that's in front of you. You can play it as much as you want. And maybe if you win another $100, maybe you start taking money out again. But the way to stay always good is to always just manage your cash flow. That's it. Excellent. Assuming yeah. that there is a cash flow and it's not just yeah. exit trajectory. <laughs> if you blackjack, blackjack is hard to lose every hand. Honestly. Okay, perfect. It's, you have to really try. <laughs> sometimes you don't. Not, sometimes been, not even that. We've been done like 10 times. So let's be That's done. Okay. John, do you remember? Do, do you remember I lost $200 in 10 minutes on your bachelor party? Dang. I was very drunk during my bachelor party. I did not remember any of it. <laughs> Didn't you guys also I'm find a super secret amazing bar that you couldn't find the next day? Oh yes. my god, now I have to tell this story. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I just extended the topic. Extra topic very time. Because it's very important. So if you guys have ever seen um Beerfest? Beerfest. Beer yes, it was Beerfest. Beer there was a moment in Beerfest where 
they found the best bar in all of Germany. The best bar is perfect. The drinks were perfect. They were the perfect temperature. They were the perfect price. Everybody was really nice. And they went back. They tried to go back in the same place. And they remembered there was this but place. They couldn't find it. It wasn't there. They couldn't find it ever again until they got drunk again. And then they found it again. And so my bachelor party was in Atlantic City. And we went to a lot of places. And we drank a lot of stuff. And at one point, very late at night, we weren't done. And so we were all very drunk. And we walked down the boardwalk. And we turned on a random alley. And we found that bar. It was great. It was great. Really perfect nice. bar, right? <laughs> it was a, such a good bar. Really, <laughs> the drinks were really good. The waitress was really nice. I drank something called the Four Horsemen. I remember mm-hmm. that drink very mm-hmm. well. Um, the Four Horsemen, better than the Three Amigos. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which was Jack... Johnny, Jim, and Jose. Oh, God. How are you alive? I don't know. I don't know. He, yeah, he, don't know. We, we, yeah, he, he lived to tell the tale. <laughs> but I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Go, no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. So Mark and I went back to Vegas maybe that summer after. We you mean, you mean Atlantic after, City? Uh, Atlantic City. We went back to Atlantic City and we went down the same direction on the boardwalk and we tried maybe the same alley and it wasn't there couldn't find it it. wasn't there couldn't find the bar we swore we swore it was down that alley yep oh yeah weird it was here next topic hurry rams wide receiver puka nakua is making the nfl look easy Uh, (laughs) four games the rookie fifth round pick is putting his name in the record book and so check these stats out, guys. No receiver in league history has caught more passes in his first four games. On top of that, Nukua currently leads the NFL in receptions, and his 501 yards are second only to Vikings' Justin Jefferson. Um, Nakua is on pace to have over 2,100 receiving yards this season, which would smash the record of 1,964 set by Calvin Johnson in 2012. So uh, with an exciting win against the Colts, it two and two is matt stafford and the rams back after their super bowl hangover with the addition of nakua why is he so good and most importantly how did i let or how did we even because mark's here allow pete to snatch him up from waivers <laughs> i know i put in a claim well look at that evil laugh i love that evil laugh so it'll be very interesting what happens with puka nakua by the way one of the most fabulous names in football i love it Cooper Cup is how many it, Samoan? Oh, one second. How many Samoan offensive players do we have? Like in history Tua? or this year? <laughs> like, like that I remember. It, it, isn't like Tua Tungo the lowest Samoan? I mean, Troy Palomolo, maybe the only right? uh, Yeah, that that's a short list. There's not a lot. Yeah, it's a very Ten. short list. All right, but always play defense. But Cooper Cup yeah. is set to return potentially this weekend. So all those mm-hmm. Puka, you can't you cannot put him on. Don't all, stop the Puka but here's train. Here's the thing, though. Puka is probably going to he's going to lose a lot of targets because Cooper Cup is back. Now, yeah. even if even if um, they they still try to target him more, he's probably he's still going to be number two. He's going to be the the Y receiver uh, Y receiver in a lot of respects. He's going to be he's going to be one A if you want to call it. Yeah. So he's probably now if Cooper Cup stayed hurt for the rest of the year, potentially he could break Cooper Cup's records. But Calvin Johnson's records. Yes, the pace well, Cooper Cup on, has yeah. a reception letter uh, record, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think Cooper maybe. Cup has a receptions record, right. but Calvin Johnson has a yards record. Yes, mm. uh, that that's very possible. 
Cooper Cup again coming Both. back. So th- that that offense is going to change a little bit. It's going to mm-hmm. revolve a little bit more around Cooper Cup, more than likely, assuming he's healthy. Uh, if he's still got it. I mean, this is... He probably still has it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we see the marriage right now of a talent that everybody underestimated, right? Coming out of the draft in Puka Nakua mm-hmm. himself. And Sean Payton's system, which allowed Cooper Cup to get those ridiculous numbers he got in the first place before he got hurt. Uh, you're seeing, basically, they the Rams managed to land a younger, fresher version of Cooper Cup yeah. that fits perfectly into Sean Payton's schematic. What'll be it'll be very interesting to see both of them now to see what what that offense could do to cook up, True. The, you know, the target opportunities for to feed both of them. Yeah. It's going to be difficult because they, like you said, they're kind of are the same receiver. Yeah. Right. They thrive in that one in the slot position of just sheer volume. Right. So what's interesting is that Puka Nakua was a phenom in high school. Phenom. Mm-hmm. In college, he did pretty well, too. No, he didn't. Well, oh. he got, he got hurt. He got hurt. He, he did. And he didn't play a ton through his injuries. And it unfortunately dropped him into the fifth mm-hmm. round. I mean, he went the fifth round went because fifth round. he did not have a good college career. Yeah. And I think that a lot of NFL analysts are seeing that maybe he was like a little bit of a diamond in the rough because he seems to be gifted. Yeah, like, yeah. He, slipped, yeah. he slipped under the radar just in the right timing, right? He's so, he's so smart and he's so fast and he's so strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really puts him above other slot receivers is that he's strong like a defensive player. And so... He's getting a lot of touches. And I think he's going to continue getting a lot of touches, honestly. DJ Moore just got another touchdown. That was a huge touchdown catch. That was awesome. I'm so glad I sat him this week. (laughs) (laughs) He's having a day. I have to look this up now. He's got at least 30 points. That was like a 60-yard, right? Like 40 of those yards were after the catch on a decently long pass. So Matt Matt has 32.9 points now. And I started him in my other, which we have full PPR... 49 points Ooh, oh my god oh my gosh i have 49 points on my bench well, let's ask steph who has him in, in her league I, I know she doesn't she has oh who has dj Moore? yeah who has dj Moore in our league matt i don't know matt does i never hey matt i still haven't sent you your shirt i need I, to do that i never think of dj Moore, and now i wish i i did man he's okay. having what are we talking about anyway we're talking about pukunaku in the rams he's the only he's the other receiver that can put like spontaneously get 49 points at any given moment. I mean, I think we have to take a second though and talk about the 2022 Rams. I think it matters. The Why? last <laughs> year's Rams with how bad they were or this year's Rams how good they are like, again. No, the 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 transition from the Super Bowl Rams to the terrible mm. Rams to the reasonably good Rams right okay. now. I mean, we have to talk about it. So Matt Matthew Stafford is a big part of that because he got uh, yeah, hurt. Yeah, huge part. He got hurt. Uh, Cooper Cup got a little bit hurt, I believe, as well. Yeah, he he played a lot of last year hurt. Even when he was in, he wasn't yeah. fully himself. They have like they, a they, serious Super Bowl hangover, right? right? Like absolutely. Most in recent history. Also I lost mean, they, they Von, Von Miller to the Bills. Yeah, and they traded yeah. Jalen Ramsey as as well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of big, a lot of the blue chip pieces went away, so they probably still had good depth. But they still have Aaron Donald, though. Yeah, they still have Aaron they Donald, but. Uh, that team, right, that won the 2021 Sadie, Super Bowl Sadie was knows all loaded these names. with blue chip players. 
yeah, sorry, Sadie. <laughs> no, Ge- geeking out in football a little bit here, but I mean that that Rams team, they the way I saw it, right, with how many first round picks they just gave up, they're just throwing them to the wind, like. Oh, here, here, take it, take it, take it. They bought themselves the Super Bowl in 2021, so that was not a sustainable model. But they got a they got a Super Bowl, so who's to argue? Um, I think John's right. 2022 is that is the realistic hangover that you get for doing that. But it's nice to see how quickly they're bouncing back into a relevant team again. I think they just needed that year off to just kind of reset a bit. Going a little bit off topic here, but not really. Um, Matthew Stafford, there was some report that came out. This was while Cooper Cup was hurt uh, during the preseason. Yeah. And uh, his wife, uh, Kelly Stafford, came out and was was on the defense of Matthew Stafford. It's like, he doesn't really get along with anyone on the team. They're all so young. Aww. Oh, yeah, I did, <laughs> no, no, I did, did hear that. I read that article. She That's did say funny. that. And she said yes. that she didn't know how to connect. He didn't know how to connect with all these 20-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, because they're a yeah. rebuilding team, and he's the old guy. That's amazing. There is no next topic, only Zool. All right, so uh, my last topic is hopefully going to be a positive one, or at least I hope it does, because I'm going to mention a somewhat polarizing celebrity. Now, we talked about the Taylor Swift effect on Travis Kelsey last episode. Well, the whole NFL... I'm sorry, I'm boring you, John. Uh, I just don't sleep. Now, the whole NFL has embraced Swifties, and they have a good reason to, as last week's Sunday night NFL game between the Chiefs and the Jets, which Taylor had attended, was the highest rated TV show Mm. since the Super Bowl, averaging 27 million viewers. That total surpassed last year's average for the NBA Finals and World Series combined. Mm. Needless to say, Taylor has got the Midas touch when it comes to popularity. So everyone, and I'm going to start with Sadie on this one, what are some other things that we wish Taylor Swift would attach her names to? I don't know about that, but all I know is that us ladies love Taylor Swift and we're going to support her in whatever she does. Uh, And for some reason, we really have decided that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are a really good pair and he's the one. I don't know um, that. <laughs> I, I've heard this matchup is one general approval among Swifties. But you know what, though, it's that whole uh, Taylor Swift and her numbers and everything. Like, there's like the number thirteen has a bunch of meaning to her, and like she met so and so on the thirteenth, and she's had you know twelve boyfriends. The thirteenth is going to be the one. Like all of that kind of like numerology, like cosmic kind of lineups. And I guess a bunch of it lines up with Travis Kelsey, which everyone's really kind of holding on to. I guess. <laughs> Interesting. So, and Sadie. And I'm going to ask you this question, you being the only woman on the show right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you get out of a, like a really um, emotional, long-term relationship, theoretically with a man she thought she was going to marry, isn't like a fun fling with a six-foot-five rebound kind of fun? Yeah. I mean, this, this is what this smells like to me, at least. I, I mean, mean he's, he's reasonably handsome. He's incredibly wealthy. He seems like he's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a... There are a lot of reasons that this is a good match, and none of them are that she's going to marry him. It's true. It's true. Um, I feel like the last person that she was rumored to have been dating was, uh, wasn't it Maddie Healy or something like that? Uh, it's definitely more than I would. You mean after Joel Alwyn? 
There was yeah. a one jerk after Joel, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and like, he I thought it was anything serious, of that because he, that guy was really kind of like, that kind of like red flag, wild time. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Okay. <laughs> That uh, we'd be looking for for sure. that kind of scenario. What I also thought was interesting about the the game at MetLife is that she brought all her friends. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah there are so many Ryan Reynolds, Hugh yeah. Jackman, yep. Blake yep. Lively. Right. Oh, who? You know what? Oh, wasn't there uh, the rumor that uh, Taylor the Swift Queen of the North was in there too? Wasn't she? Yes, yes. Yeah, Sophie, Sophie Turner. Sophie was Turner. There. Yep. Who is going through a divorce right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she's been out and about with Taylor a lot recently. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, uh, there was also a rumor that I guess they were trying to get Taylor to play, uh, some superhero. What was it? Like the Dazzler or something like that in huh. one of the upcoming, like, uh, Marvel, like X-Men movies. And I could like, see her being right a Dazzler. There. Dazzler is an, Dazzler is an X-Person. Yep. Yes. For sure. And, X-Men. uh, like the cast of like Deadpool was there. And like, I, I don't remember if it was like the producer or what, but oh, somebody Hugh, else Hugh was, was there. there, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Hugh and Ryan Reynolds. Hugh. There oh, were a lot of coincidences. Yep. In that, uh, set of celebrities that went hmm. with to that game with her. So they was tried there? the whole you, acting thing with Taylor, though. Sabrina Carpenter just to serve drinks or something. <laughs> 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 she seems like she doesn't fit. Yeah, right, but maybe, let, maybe let, a little. But, maybe it was yeah. just to piss Olivia Rodrigo okay. off. Yeah, but as far as ratings, though. Let's go back to the original question. Sadie, is there something that you wish Taylor Swift would attach her oh, name yeah, right. to that maybe you are personally involved with? I feel like you want me to say tennis. No, maybe that no, has to do with crocheting. Crocheting. I want you to talk about the talk thing about that your you're Etsy doing. store. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is your time I, to plug. I wish I could say that was a smooth transition, but I would be lying. Sorry, we'll, uh, we'll, it was we'll, not. We'll edit it out. <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll edit it to make it seem right. like a smooth transition. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, will we? Because this is great. yeah. There's some AI-driven <laughs> button in Adobe that'll do that for us, right? Not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd love for Taylor Swift to buy some of my crochet merchandise that you can uh, find. Let's talk about the thing that you can, where you can find your crochet merchandise, yeah. and what your crochet date merchandise is. Yes. Uh, so on Etsy, I have a shop called Hummingbird and Hook. Um, it's, it's a great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I did. I did decide on it myself. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I've been making amigurumi stuffed animals. I'm currently working on some purses that hopefully I'll get out on the store uh, sometime soon. Um, and I also take commissions. I've been doing a lot of commission work with my crochet and everything. Um, and it's been going pretty well, but I would definitely suggest if you're into that type of thing, uh, go check out my store and my Instagram also, same handle, Hummingbird and Hook, uh, where I've been posting a lot of stuff that isn't yet on the store, but will be sometime soon. Very cool. Mm-hmm. We're totally going to tag Taylor Swift, by the way, in a post oh, to yeah, see whether or not totally she likes fine. it. Totally fine. It could happen. Crochet, case. You know what? Happen. I'll crochet, crochet her. Add her. Yeah, I'll yeah, crochet absolutely. her her, wedding, her nice. wedding bouquet for when she marries Travis Kelsey. Ooh. You can crochet flowers. <laughs> so I'll crochet that for her. Nice. By the way, in ways for the NFL and sports betting to take advantage of this phenomenon that's happening now with Taylor Swift gracing the NFL with her presence. Was there an over under for the number of times that the camera would uh, turn over to the press box where she was in? I do not know, but there was a, a while where I was doing a shot every time Taylor Swift was shown on, on Sunday Night <laughs> Football. And after a while, we stopped because 
too much. Oh, I, it, uh, I, it was a school night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she like seems like she really likes to be at a football game. That's what she does. She goes 110% to everything she does. Why not? When you're super rich is a lot of fun. Pretty cool. And anytime, anytime that Mark has decided to take us to meet the the World Series trophy, or anytime that like we've spent a bunch of money to go to a sporting event, it's really. Oh yeah. I mean, you get free drinks. It's funny how Mark has done that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, it's we true. we appreciate monster it. seats, private suites. Mm-hmm. We we appreciate yeah. you, Mark. That was awesome. That was green. Mo- we should sit on the monster again. We should bring Pete to the monster. I was there. I like those seats. Pete was, well, Pete was on the suite. He wasn't the monster. I, I was on the. I was on top of the monster. You were. On oh, top you of the took. You took a picture though. Yeah. 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 We went to um three four seasons ago. Uh, Mark Jeffman. Long, long time ago. Monster, oh, really, okay. Really That's cool. Were we were we second row or front or, or front row on the front monster? Row. Yeah, it was awesome. Nice. It was I put my legs up? I have great. Oh, <laughs> I love that seat. I love that Everybody seat. Everybody will notice that every hero shot on the website is from a sporting event that I've been at, probably with Mark. You guys have done a lot. And or and or Pete. That is yeah. that is a truth fact. That is a truth fact. I love my hero shots. Hero shots. Okay. Do we do it? No. Do we do it? Do no, we do it? You did it like, do do like it? one episode ago. It's the final topic. Amazing. And because we've really, I was going to ask another football question, but we've done too many football questions, and I like when Sadie participates. So, um, you're right. I don't know any of the names. You're right. We just keep talking about gymnastics phenom. An actual goat, Simone Biles. Actual so goat. Yesterday, yesterday in Antwerp, Belgium, um, she led the U.S. women's team to a record seventh consecutive title at the World Gymnastics Championship, where they combined for a total of 167.729 points. Biles now has 26, that's right, 26 world championships, 20 of them gold to go with her seven Olympic medals. Biles now has won every meet entered since making her return to elite gymnastics two months ago as a shoe in for the 2024 Olympic team. Do you think she's ready for the big stage again? And is she better after taking time off for her mental health? You could argue that she is right. Yeah. I mean, so most U S gymnasts age out at like 23 or 24, which well, you know, the women, the women have the women. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, not that old. But yeah. in in gymnastics world, for whatever reason, it is deemed old. Now, Simone right. Biles is 26. 26. So she'll be 27 for next year's Olympic Games yeah. in Paris. But she seems to be just as good as she's ever been, right? Who would have thought? she's ever been. Yeah. This is you know what, though? Awesome I feel thing. like I feel like that whole, like, aging out at 23, 24 thing is just a precedent set by themselves like their environment like mm, the pressure that be. they put on their gymnasts and everything like i feel like the fact that simone has like brought so much attention to certain things like you know how she like calls them the twisties and everything there's that oh, in yeah. like really every sport you know like sometimes in tennis like your forehand will just go out and you're like why and it's just a mental block and i feel like the fact that she's you know been able to bring more awareness to that like there's 
more light being shed on these, you know, phenomenons, taking care of yourself and everything like that. If they did that from the very start, like there wouldn't be so many injuries. There wouldn't be so many limitations. You'd see more players like Simone, like a little bit older, like actually making it further in their careers. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of that, but also just the physical, uh, what, what happens to the, the human body when you turn in, when you go into your twenties, because keep in mind when you're, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, especially when you're a gymnast, you're a little tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Do- Dominique Mociano, I think, is one of the, I the perfect her. examples of this. Yep. 16, 16 years old, she was incredible when she was younger on the Olympic team. She also tried to make the Olympic team when she was 24. Granted, she's still a little itty-bitty thing, but she's a little, and for lack of a better word, thicker because mm-hmm. she's gained a little bit more muscle. And she's just not as minute and tiny as she was when she was 16. I'm pretty sure you can't say that. I know, right? I know, I know. But no, <laughs> this, this happens a lot, though. Like, Kim Zameskel was my, my all-time favorite gymnast when I was growing up. I, I, I love that girl. She had the, one of the best floor routines, I remember. And then they did another thing later when, like, as, as adults. And... Just to share again, her, her body has just changed in a way where you know she's a lot more. She, she her muscles are like bigger. She's she has big shoulders, and mm. that's something that when you're a gymnast you can't necessarily have. Now, what Simone Biles has done is like yes, she's a little bit older, but she's still about the same body type and size that she was when she was when she was younger. So that's kind of helped. Has she done anything about that? I honestly don't know, but she's so strong. She's yeah. so strong. She's so yes, strong. she is. So strong. She's and strong and lean. She's yeah. strong and lean. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. But I feel like that might bring up, you know, a different topic of like, should those standards for younger girls who aren't fully developed yet, should those remain the standard for gymnasts you know or should there be a different standard for like young impressionable girls that obviously you know in history have been taken advantage of abused like Mm -hmm, all of that mm -hmm. kind of thing like should that standard actually change and evolve a little bit i mean i think we need to change we need to remove standards from almost everything Mm -hmm. yeah when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah i think that there is a um there is an unfortunate truth in sports and especially women's sports when you come when you think about it but a truth in sports where and in the world where it's okay to have the twisties i mean mm-hmm. i think that as humans um we're all anxious i am a very anxious creature and for many many years i have used um my anxiety and my anxiety used to feel like focus and it used to even Almost in a way, it used to like kind of represent itself as focus because I was so anxious. And the only way I cannot feel anxious is be controlling, right? To be controlling and to be on the ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and my life is not Olympic gymnastics, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not the NFL and it's not anything that's really super high pressure. Like it feels high pressure, but it's less. Mm-hmm. And I think mental health in sports is just so, 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 so important. And just really the acceptance of mental health in the world. Um, it's okay to be different. It's okay to feel weird. It's okay to be nervous. Um, I tell Jamie this all the time. The way you feel is normal. Mm-hmm. And everyone. Like, like you look out in the world and you feel like you're the only one that feels nervous. But that's actually not true because everyone does. And mm-hmm. no one's looking at you because they're busy looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. And I only am able to say that because I'm a 42-year-old man. 
That's it. It's the only reason because <laughs> when I'm when I was 20, I didn't think this shit. When I was 30, I didn't think this. Uh, I'm glad to see that it it seems like maybe Simone has gained that perspective too. I, at least I hope so that she's able to not let this stuff affect her like it used to. And 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 if and if it still does, it's okay. You know, maybe taking that time off is the best thing she could have done. I, I I think yeah. Going back to that, I actually think that was a really smart move for her to, if, especially if her goal was to be at the top of her game by the time the Olympics came around. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's played the long game, and it's beautifully paid off. I mean, just let's think about it this way. If Simone Biles doesn't have anxiety anymore, holy shit, we're at the, the Olympic, the gymnastic world is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, there's no stopping her. A lot. Mm-hmm. No stopping her. And there's no stopping the end of the show. Sorry. That was <laughs> really that very, was good. very, very Ready? smooth, Pete. Completely on target. <laughs> so that has been our 10 topics. We would like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Sadie. Thanks, Sadie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Please subscribe to us on this very YouTube channel and follow or like us on the socials at If These Balls Pod on X, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. Our website is www.iftheseballscouldtalkpod.com. This is Mark Pesci for my partner John Campania and producer Pete Steffen. That's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. Bye, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. 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 B